0: Welcome to Building 58 Podcast. My name is Heather Chaves, and I am one of your hosts. But I am sitting alongside my co-host for this show, who's also my husband, and he's very good-looking.
1: What's up, Heather?
0: (laughs) Hi. How are you doing today? I'm good.
1: I get to look at you now. This is awesome, because we've got two microphones going.
0: Yeah. I pulled out all the the big guns.
1: Pulled out the big stop. Mm
0: -hmm. Yep.
1: So, our marriage series
0: Yes, our marriage series. You know, Chris, marriages are something that we value so much. Our own marriage, we value that a lot. But then we value the marriages of all of the people around us. And it's something that we have devoted a lot of our lives to is equipping people and helping people walk through finding healthier marriages, whether their marriage is just kind of eh. Or a marriage in crisis, then we've been able to walk through people with people who are in the middle of a crisis marriage. But we're so passionate about couples finding the unity and the beauty that God intended for marriages to have.
1: Yeah, because we know we're, our marriage isn't perfect, but we know the potential that's out there with the the marriages. I see people just kind of skating by and 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 just settling for average and mediocre when there's so much more potential that God wants to pull out of them and their marriage.
0: And I don't think the majority of people who would say their marriage is just okay, I don't think that they ever went into it intending that.
1: No, no one ever does.
0: Right. But it's life, it's struggles that happen in life, it's kids coming into a relationship that Alters and changes your marriage. It's all sorts of things that come into a marriage. Then all of a sudden you find yourself in a marriage that is difficult or unhappy or not fulfilling. And that is not how God ever intended for marriage to look like because marriage is the picture of a relationship between Jesus and his bride, which is the church. And so it should be this beautiful, fulfilling. Healthy relationship. And unfortunately, so many marriages all around us in the church and out of the church are broken.
1: Yeah. But there's hope. And that's what we want to try to point people towards hope. His name is Jesus. Yes. And he has so much potential that he wants to pour into you and into your marriage. And uh, what seems like it might be broken is just uh, a marriage that has potential to be rebuilt and repurposed. Uh, And this this is what Building 58 is all about. is about empowering leaders and families, and especially marriages. We're in this series on marriages. So, Heather, what are we going to specifically key in on today? I know we've talked about threats. We've talked about communication. What do you want to talk about today?
0: Well, this is a big one. Hopefully no one turns it off when they hear this. But stick with us because it's so important. And if you can get this thing under control in your marriage, it will help your relationship greatly. Sex? Well, that's Sweet. I knew that was coming up. It's next time. What? Finances. Finances. Money.
1: Yes. Money. Money.
0: You know, when we were first married, um, well, first of all, we were super poor. Yep. I remember... One time we went to another state actually for an, a job interview, and we had twelve dollars in our bank account twelve dollars and we had no savings and I mean we were brand new married and we had both been in ministry all the way up to that point, so it's not like we had a lot to fall back on um and I remember we went to this the the people that we were staying with we went to this salon store, you know like a store where you can get discounted
1: You did. I don't think I was there. No, you
0: weren't there. It was just me. Okay. And the sweet girl that we were staying with, she was like, "You can get whatever you want and use my discount." And I'm thinking,
1: you're like, "I don't even have the money to discount whatever you're discounting." I
0: know. I can't buy like the dollar store shampoo right now, <laughs> let alone $30 salon shampoo. That's
1: awesome. I remember remember um Ramen noodles. I mean, we made a lot of ramen noodles, different styles. And Mm -hmm. the tomato one was my favorite. Tomato
0: with grilled cheese. Yep. We had that a lot. Yeah, we did. You know, and it's, it's funny looking back now, I don't remember being that upset about it. There were some stressful times when we had some big like car bills to pay and things like that, but we still had so much fun and just... Loved yeah. living life, eating our ramen noodles. Well, that's
1: actually a really good point, because I think finances are more about... We, we like to put things in boxes, but I believe that whenever we put things in boxes, that's actually division. That's that's Satan, how he operates, and Jesus likes to break down the boxes. Mm. And I think that we tend to put finances in a box, mm. and we really kind of take this look at, at numbers without actually dealing with the real thing, which is the heart condition. Mm. And the heart condition always has to come first. So it's not, it's like Paul said, it's not a matter of whether I have little or of much or I have much. It's a matter of that my heart's content in that. Mm. Now, should we strive for more and for excellence? Absolutely, we should. But if we were content in that season and what we did with what we had in our hand, with what God put in front of us in that seemingly small thing, that faithfulness carried into the next season. And that's always how it happens.
0: Yeah. So it's really not, oh, it's not about the numbers. It's about your heart condition.
1: It's never about the amount. Like if you look at the parable of the talents, it wasn't about the amounts that were given to each servant. It was about what they did with the amounts. Yeah. And the one that buried his talent that didn't do anything with it, that talent was given to the other person who did do something with it. It's about doing with what God puts within in your hand. Yeah. Doing something with that, investing that taking that action, what, however small it might be, whatever ramen noodle it, it might be, right. it's doing something with that and being obedient and faithful with that.
0: So early on in our marriage, I don't know that we put a lot of emphasis on communicating about finances. We kind of just got by.
1: Absolutely. And I think a lot of people fall into that trap of yeah, a lot of it is how they've been raised or watch what they've watched their parents model which is maybe not a lot of communication about finances. Maybe maybe none. Maybe their parents had separate bank accounts they didn't even talk to each other about finances.
0: Right. So can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. I have heard in marriage this idea of having separate finances, separate bank accounts fairly often. And I just think that that's dangerous. It is. Because you're creating division there. Even if it's not your intent to create mm-hmm. division, that's what it is. Right. And division in a marriage is never, ever healthy. No. It's never a good idea. And so if you're automatically saying, this is your money, this is my money, you're setting yourself up for, for some struggles, I think, when there's down the road, when or you know, even learning how to communicate about, you're, you're not learning how to communicate about your money. If well, you have his and hers. It
1: sets that precedent, even if you don't mean to, it sets that precedent of, well, this is mine and this is yours. When in fact, no, you became one. That's how God looks at you. Right. Your, your marriage is one and it's it's mirroring, mirroring who God is. Yes. Like just like the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're one. Yeah, they're distinct persons, but they're one, that unity. The same is true in marriage. You and I are one. And so we should act like we are one. If we act like we're separate things, that's just a, a early indication of of division of divorce. Right. Even yeah. if you don't intend it to be that way, it, it, I would I would suggest it even comes to the fact of like how you talk about your paycheck. Mm-hmm. Like if I say, well, say there's one spouse that's that's earning the majority of the money, and there's one that's not earning earning anything or, or or not as much, if your mentality is, well, I brought that home, Mm -hmm. then that's a wrong mentality.
0: Right. And you've always done a really good job at that because ever since we've had kids, we've been a one income family. So my role is at home with our kids. That's just what we've chosen to do. And that's not what everyone does, but that's what our family looks like. And I don't bring in any money. And so you've always done a great job of never making me feel like, well, I earn the money so I get to make the decisions. And I think that that's crucial in a marriage but one of the things that we had to learn is that we had to talk about money and when we first started talking about our money it was awful it was ugly I hated it
1: yeah you did
0: we would do these bi-weekly budget meetings I guess every time you would get a paycheck probably yeah or we would get a paycheck because I was working at that point And we'd have to sit down and go line by line through every dollar that we had. And it was like, it made me just feel like I was like shivering inside. Um, But what it did was it taught us how to communicate about our finances, how we were spending them, how we were saving them, what we had. And over the years, We've gotten a lot better about that, about talking about finances, because we pushed through in those early years Mm -hmm. when it was really difficult and when it felt really uncomfortable. Um, And now I think we communicate about money in a really healthy way, even though we don't necessarily have to have that same line-by-line conversation, budget conversation every time you get paid.
1: Right. Well, we still make a lot of – we make all financial decisions together, Mm -hmm. but yeah, we had to get the nitty-gritty down – Years ago, right, so that we it could really become an entire mindset, and now it's be, it, it's about so much more than finances. It's about okay, how do we utilize our house best for him? Are there empty rooms? The the room we're sitting in now came out of a conversation of us saying, "Hey, I think we can utilize our house better." Right. Because there's an empty room.
0: Right. How are we stewarding what God has yeah. given us, the things that He has given us? I love this passage from Deuteronomy. Um, the Israelites, God is basically setting them up to go and take their promised land, to go into their promised land that, that he's given them. And he's talking about where they're going to come and worship. And he says, do not worship, oh, it's from Deuteronomy 12. Do not worship the Lord your God in the way these pagan people worship their gods. Rather, you must seek the Lord your God at the place of worship He Himself will choose from among all the tribes. There you will bring your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, your sacred offerings, your offerings to fulfill a vow, your voluntary offerings, and your offerings of the firstborn animals. There you and your families will feast in the presence of the Lord your God, and you will rejoice in all you have accomplished because the Lord your God has blessed you. And I thought that was such a powerful passage talking about what happens when you put worshiping the Lord first, when Mm -hmm. you put it ahead of things, when you put it ahead of uh, building earthly things, Mm -hmm. and uh, your families will feast in the presence of the Lord. There's no greater, greater gift, no greater reward than that. Uh, because the Lord your God has blessed you. And that really is what this is about. It's about your heart condition. It's about it not being about how much you make or what you can spend on this or that or w- what nice car you can buy or can we get a bigger house or can we go on a better vacation or how do we pay these bills? It's about getting your heart to the place where you can say, God, you will provide everything that I mm-hmm. need and I'm going to do everything that I can do to steward what you mm-hmm. have given me well and to prioritize you and your glory and your fame first.
1: Yeah. That's, I love that passage. That's so awesome. And in January, when we were uh, at church doing this, it's amplify series. um, We talked about the question, what is success? Which is a big question. Mm -hmm. What is success for our individual lives? What does success mean for uh, our church, for us? And The answer was the presence of God and the freedom that it brings. And when you have the mindset of going after the presence of God first Mm -hmm. and then the freedom that it brings, that's what it's talking about there. When you seek God first, it brings his presence and you continually feast at his table. Right. But if you seek the feast first or put whatever you want to put in there. Right. If you th- seek the house first, you seek right. the car first, you seek the job first, you seek your children first, yeah. seek your spouse first, It that does not work. Right. That All those other things in the wrong position, elevated above Jesus, become idols. Yes. But when you seek the kingdom first, when you seek him first, then Jesus says all the, these other things will be added. They become tools for you to get into the presence of God and into the freedom that he brings.
0: Yes. And I find it so interesting because God's economy is actually opposite of man's economy. You know, the things that we would think we need to do in order to have success or uh, great wealth or whatever that it might be, the goal might be, it's almost always opposite with God. Mm Mm-hmm from what man says that you should do. Man, the world says you should look out for yourself. You should, you know, you should only think about you climbing the corporate ladder or your family's success. And God says the opposite. Like yeah, he, he says, says,
1: give it all away. Give it
0: all away. You know, and that, when you can shift your mindset to have that mentality and your families to have that mentality, what can we do for others? How can we take what God has given us and steward it for him and for others, Mm -hmm. man, it just takes so much stress off the table. Yeah. You know, and then when you lose a job or things get tight or you have a big bill to pay, you don't have to sit at the table of worry and anxiety and fear because you know God is in control. And God's economy, even though it might seem backwards to us, it is so much better than our own economy.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. In um in John it talks about um what it means to be th- a disciple of Jesus, and uh, John says when you produce much or G- this is Jesus talking when you produce much fruit you are my disciples, and see God's economy is always about multiplication, but it's usually the multiplication of people first. Yeah, producing disciples, investing in people that's the lasting fruit. The only thing that's going to last beyond what we can see right here are people are our hearts are the spirits of people which will go to eternity one way or the other right and so that's the number one thing we that's that's the heart of god but that's multiplication in his economy yeah and i know we're talking about finances but we have to get this heart condition down first before it can affect anything if we if if we want to truly seek jesus first and have everything else added Otherwise, we're going to miss it. We're going to be seeking the other stuff first and miss Jesus.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Okay, so just in the few minutes that we have left, let's get really practical. So if you are married, and we're just specifically talking to married couples right now or those who are getting married because this is our marriage series. Obviously, everyone has to think about finances. It's important for everyone. But if you're married and you're not communicating about your finances on a regular basis, start doing that. That's the first step. Work on a budget together. Get some professional financial help if you need that. Um, There's lots of resources out there. If you're in a church, they can point you to some people that can give you some biblical resources. Um, We'll put some biblical resources on our show notes. So start talking about it. That's the very first step. And one of the things that's just a really easy tool that we've used um, in our relationship is we've set a dollar amount. So if if we're going to spend over a certain dollar amount, something that's outside of what's already budgeted into our monthly budget, we have to talk with each other about it first. Right so and that amount has changed over the years. you know it used to be a lot lower because we made a lot twelve dollars <laughs> we had twelve dollars in our account a lot less money. but now that's just something that we know that we're gonna shoot each other a text or have a conversation about it. you know or if we decide to give something you know some sort of a gift to someone that's that we hadn't talked about previously or give more at church or something like that, we always communicate about that together and make the decision together.
1: Right. Because it's got to be a together decision, just like we started out talking about. If, if finances is, you know, one person might be kind of the nerd, yeah. but like Dave Ramsey says, the nerd person and the other's the free spirit. And, and that's fine, but you have to function together and right. you have to communicate together and understand the different person's perspectives, because it's not that one's right and one's wrong. There's value in both of your ideas and what God's bringing together. And that's where the communication has to ha- happen right. in finances. And in
0: our family, it doesn't mean that we sit down together and pay all the bills together. You do all of that. That's you're the nerd in our family.
1: Right. <laughs> but but we communicate together about right. what's happening, the ongoing state of the Taves economy, yes. If you will. Yes. And I love this passage in Proverbs 27. It's talking um, kind of a farm setting. Picture this, but he says, "Know the state of your flocks." Mm-hmm. And put your heart into caring for your herds. For riches don't last forever, and a crown might not be passed to the next generation. So he's he's saying all what we've been saying right there. He says, you have to know the state of what you've been given. Yeah. You can't just bury your head in the sand. You can't bury the talent and expect that it's magically going to do something. You have to know the state of your flocks, pay attention to your herds, and put your heart into it.
0: Right. And if you're, maybe you're the person in your relationship that, for lack of a better word, controls the money, don't be controlling about it. Make sure that your spouse, the other person feels like they also have a say. I've heard of some relationships where the wife controls the money and the husband has to ask permission to like go spend money to buy lunch. You know, that right there is... One, it probably makes the man feel worthless. You know, you need to make sure that either way, whichever way it is, it could be the other way
1: right. too. Right? There's men that control the finances and and, and never dictate talk to their wives. So about you can't it. buy yes. anything for clothing, or I mean, there has to be it has to be a oneness and coming mutual together. respect and Absolutely. understanding
0: that everyone wants to be respected and wants to not feel like they're being controlled, um, but have a say, have a voice in. In the finances.
1: Absolutely. And don't think, you know, maybe you are newly married and you've only got the $12 like we had way back in the day. Don't despise the day of small beginnings because God's in the small things. And if you use your one talent well and you don't bury it, then he's going to give you another one. And and again, it's not about the amounts. It's about how you're executing. It's your heart condition. It's about how you're executing and, and multiplying the kingdom. What are you using this to further the kingdom, to pursue Jesus, to seek his presence, and get to that place where you can be at the feast?
0: And make sure you talk about your dreams. Yes. And use your finances to fund those dreams. Because that's some of the most fun that we have is when we get to talk about what it looks like, how we're going to steward what God has given us to pursue the things that He's called us to do. The other thing, too, I, I love what you said about if you're young and don't despise those small beginnings. We learned so much going through those early, early years of our marriage about how to communicate about our finances. But maybe you're well into a marriage, 20 plus years into a marriage, and you've never done this. You can start right now. Maybe you're 40 or 50 years into a marriage and you've never communicated well about your finances. You can start right now. You can say, we haven't done it well in the past, but today is a new day and we're going to start talking about this and steward well what God has given us.
1: Absolutely. There's there's always a uh, coming together and saying, man, how can we do this better What's what are what's God putting? What dreams is He putting on our hearts that we can do together? That that we should be using this space for this thing for this um, financial aspect for? It should be a continual conversation.
0: Yep. Well, I think that's enough talk about money.
1: Awesome. Okay.
0: Thanks so much for listening. Let's go eat some ramen noodles. Let's let's not. (laughs) (laughs) They don't they don't fit well into our carb free nasty (laughs) carb free world. Well, thank you so much for listening to our marriage series, especially. We're so grateful that you do. And as always, you can reach out to us. You can ask us questions. We are happy to share with you anything that we might have, any tools that we might have. You can check out our show notes. We'll put some of those resources on there. Chris, I know you especially have read some amazing books that have helped you um, help get our family on the right track with our finances yeah, we'd so- love
1: to point people we don't have all the answers but we can point you in the right direction uh for whatever your situation is so mess instant message us on uh, instagram uh reach out to us on email bldg team at gmail.com
0: thanks so much for listening we will talk to you next time